Hello. Hello. Hello, 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 hello. And welcome to the BX Best. I'm Nick Englander here with Christian Okay. Uh, I think, you know, this trade deadline, we might as well call the Danny Ainge gets your hopes up just for them to do nothing again. Um, and uh, and uh, here we go. So I'll just, uh, I guess I'll just get this started. Um, the Celtics, I know a bunch of trades happen, but let me just open it by saying the Celtics for the millionth time at the trade deadline did nothing, nothing again. And even though Danny Ainge said it on in public on NBC Sports Boston a few years ago, our bench is too young. Even though we got reports today that they were incredibly active, um, even though we got some rumors that they were very, very close to getting Davis Bertans, which would have been an incredible move for our bench, the same thing happened again. Nothing. We end up with nothing. And I just think it's just, it almost feels like you're just punting on the season again. Like, when are you going to take a risk? Like I said, are you ever, we have three first round picks. What are we going to do with them? What are we going to do? Like, what are we going to do? And I'm just, I'm not more mad about not getting a player as much as we have so many young players. And yet, Danny did nothing to clear any of them out, or, or at least the picks. He did nothing. So I don't know what we're doing, man. And Danny Ainge will give the exact same line. And I heard the, you know, Brian Windhorst being like, oh, you know, you got to watch out for Tristan Thompson and being on the bio market. Let me make this clear. It's not happening. If you really think that Tristan Thompson is coming to the Celtics, here, I have a bridge to sell you. Like, there is, there is no – let me make this clear. There is a negative percent chance Tristan Thompson is going to be a Boston Celtic. We would have to cut someone, A, and B, you know, make, maybe making a trade to clear a roster spot might help. And B, like, there's no defined role. He's going to go to the Rockets or he's going to go to the Clippers or the Lakers, probably the Lakers, knowing the Lakers and the fact that LeBron and Rich Paul. It's just, it just, it's the same shit every year. It's like you said, Christian, to me. What is Ainge waiting for? This team is 35 and 15. We're third in the Eastern Conference. We're on pace to win like 57 games. Why not do something to improve it? I get it. That, all right, don't want to do something big. That's plenty okay with me. I'm impressed with how the bigs are doing. I'm impressed with how Tatum and Brown have played. I get it. And I get it. He'll also say the Celtics have not been healthy all season. That is true. But you said it yourself. We have too many young guys, and yet you did nothing to change that. So I'm completely baffled as to what Ainge's plan is here, especially for this season. Because it feels like we're just punting, and that's all we're doing. I'm not saying the Heat and the Sixers' moves are, like, groundbreaking. They're not. But, Yeah. I don't know. Go ahead, and then we'll talk about the actual trades that happened, because there were a lot of them. Um, well, Nick, the again, I'm not a, obviously I'm not a Celtics fan, but here's what I look at it as: you have two types of teams in the league, two types of organizations. One 
that has cojones and goes out and does things to try to win championships. And you have other organizations who are scared and don't want to do anything or they don't want to take a big risk. The Celtics didn't take the big risk. The Clippers took a big risk. And you can see the Clippers are going for it. They're going for a championship. And if you're Boston, maybe, you know, Danny Ainge has some some horrid memories of the Kyrie Irving train. He doesn't want uh, a trade like that to happen again where it ruins the chemistry of the team. But as you said, you don't really have to go and get a big, splashy kind of guy. And with those three first-round picks, you know, picks, having picks is a good thing. But eventually the commodity of that wears off and you can't trade off picks or you can't let's let's say let's say they keep all those players they keep the three picks they draft those three guys those guys might never those guys might never turn out they to be good players see, they won't see the court it's, exactly exactly it, so eventually you have to do something if you're boston yes miami okay maybe that igadala trade doesn't make them better but they're doing things. The 76ers are a hot mess right now. You could you can pounce on them right now. The Bucks are just ahead of everybody. But the other teams in the Eastern Conference, I feel like, are a notch better than the Celtics. And you have an opportunity to go out and get somebody. You have assets. you got to go out and strike. And they didn't do that. It's crazy. You know what? I think, okay, so let me make this clear. Like, the Celtics have not been healthy all season. That is true. At basically every single game, one of our key players is out. It, literally in every win, it's crazy. Someone gets hurt in every game. The Celtics have had their core together for maybe five, six games this season. Besides that, in every single game, one of the core players has been hurt and out. Um, I think... And listen, I know people are saying you can trade the picks at the draft. Sure. But it's a lot harder. It's, but you know yeah. what? That, that you don't get you don't get the same you don't get the same kind of uh it, it's not the same. It, it doesn't because then you're you're gonna have to wait a couple of months to see what the player you traded for can do for you. Whereas on the trade deadline, a quick trade can boost you right to the championship. Like last year, Marcus Gasol, that trade for the Raptors, it helped them a lot. It did. It did. No question. No, no question. And yes, I keep hearing people say Tristan Thompson, Tristan Thompson. Dude, it's not going to happen. He's probably going to Houston and we'd have to cut someone else. Anyway, there you go. Uh, Chris Mannix. Boston made several strong offers for Bertans, but the Wizards wouldn't budge. Wizard Washington remains committed to re-signing him. Okay. Well, then you can't really do much for them. Uh, but there's other players out on the market. I mean, I know you don't like I know you don't like Andre Drummond's, but the fucking oh, the, no, the uh, Pistons. I, I, I was, but I mean, the Pistons gave up literally. They gave him up for literally garbage. I think nothing. You don't think the Celtics could have thrown one pick at them? And if listen, it's a rental. If he sucks, move on from him after the after the season is over. I mean, it's just I listen. I like that. Oh, and now they're saying uh, Tristan Thompson is not going to get bought out. Oh wow! That's... What are the Cavs doing? Well, actually, I saw this on ESPN. He has bird years on his contract, and if he gets bought out, he doesn't get bird rights. 
so he'd lose money in the long run. So he wants to. So if he gets so for for money wise, it it makes sense for him. But yeah, we we can really talk about that and that some of the teams. What the hell are some of these teams doing, Nick? I, I'm shocked at some of these trades that are just terrible. You know, what? all right, let's just get it. Yeah, everyone's like saying there's the spin zone. Yeah, when people say that the Celtics made strong offers to Washington, but for Bertans, like. It's, I I think Davis Bertans, I get it that it would have costed a lot to first round picks for probably would have been a rental. Like that's a, that's too much to any rental more than one first is obviously too much. But the problem is what are we going to do? You know, now, like I don't see anything besides just kicking the can again. That's just what you're doing. Uh, but yeah. You know, let's just get into the actual trades that happen. Right. Can we well, can we talk about oh, the winner? We should talk about the Knicks a little bit first. Yeah, I was going to say the Knicks. Oh, the yeah. Knicks obviously did a lot happen in the last few days. Steve Mills fired. Leon Rose is hired. The Knicks trade. Uh, Marcus Morris to the Clippers. Yeah, Marcus Morris for the Clippers. Uh, to the Clippers for what I thought was a what I thought was a great offer. Now, by the way, Adams Himmelsbach of the Boston Globe says. Uh, the Wizards weren't looking to part with Bertans, uh, even for two first-round picks, and the Celtics would have been reluctant to be. Yeah, this just feels like spin, like the way they're saying it. Like this just feels like spin. It, 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 yeah, it does. I, it's, I'm sure the Wizards were not that into trading him. Obviously, he's been great for them, and there's no reason, you know, like if you could just resign him, you go ahead and do it. But I don't know, man. But anyway, back to the Knicks. So they, so Steve Mills fired. Leon Rose hired. The Knicks trade Morris for what I think the, the what was the package? Harkless, the and two guys, and that first round pick. Yeah. Um. I thought I told you I love the Leon Rose hire. I think it's I think a lot of people don't know about him, but he taught Rich Paul everything he knows. He's an excellent, excellent agent. So. I don't know. It's it's gonna be tough. Uh, Leon Rose, though. I mean, that's a tough job. But I think I really like the hire. I think this is basically hiring Rich Paul without hiring Rich Paul. Um, I think Leon Rose would be will be great for the Knicks. I think you could see his imprints on this early. I mean, they got a very good deal for Marcus Morris. I thought Marcus Morris was going to be traded. I'm surprised they got a first for him. I didn't expect that. Um, another team too that did nothing was the Lakers. Hold on, I want to talk about them later. I'm gonna roast them yeah. really hard, <laughs> but yeah, let's, but, let's, uh, stick, let's stick to the Knicks here for a second. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, so Christian, how do you feel about how the Knicks did in the firing, the hiring, and now the trade for Marcus Morris? Okay. Well, let me go from positive to negative first. For Marcus Morris, the fact that this guy wasn't even on the team. At one point in the summer, then said, fuck it, I'm going to just take a one-year deal, go to the Knicks. And you basically traded a guy who was not going to be with the team in the future for a first-round pick is a hell of a steal. Uh, Great move, in my opinion. And you know what? We need young players on this team. We need picks. And the Knicks now have seven first-round picks in the next four years, which they, them, the Pelicans, and the Thunder have the most picks in the upcoming drafts. Obviously, the Knicks at the bottom of that, but... 
the more picks you have, it's it's good assets to draft players and also maybe trade for stars. Hopefully one day we can get one. But here's my thing with this. Nick, the Knicks, this is what the Knicks are to a fan like me. The Knicks are like that ex-girlfriend that you keep going back to over and over again because she promises she's not going to cheat on you. Then she ends up cheating on you. And then you still take her back over and over and over again, even though you know she's going to cheat on you. I, I, I mean, it, it feels like it's the same kind of move. They're not really trying to build the right way. They're going through a player-agent kind of president, which means to me they're trying to sign a superstar. Why? You have to build from the ground up. I, they keep they keep doing these kind of moves where oh we're gonna get this president who's gonna attract this player and we're gonna be good immediately. No, you have to be realistic. You suck. You're in joke of an organization. You're probably worse than the Cleveland Browns. The Cleveland Browns. I mean, you're really that dysfunctional. You literally have to just build it from the bottom up. Now, granted, maybe this guy is gonna do a wonderful job and the Knicks will be contenders in two years. I highly doubt it, but I'm still, I think they could have gone another route. Yep. I think, well, I think not, not even Masa here, not even, they didn't have to go for Masa. They could have got just a dedicated president, dedicated general manager who's going to work hard at the job. But again, James Dolan is going to James Dolan it. I'm going to, listen, I, I've always, I've always took the positive from the Knicks. I'm just a positive guy, but from now on, I'm just going to think the worst because anytime I think the best, it goes wrong. So I just think this isn't going to work, honestly. I, I understand that thinking, but the thing about Lee, I think the Knicks needed a reputation boost among agents, you know, and not looked at as dumb. But, and I think Leon Rose is like really, really well respected around the league. That's why I think it's a good hire. But I understand that you're thinking like, that they're just thinking in terms of let's build through free agency, which is such a dangerous game, as we've learned this summer. Um, I mean, the the, the Cat dream and Delo dream died today, Piers, or at least for a while. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's a tough sell. Leon Rose is going to have to draft well. He's going to have to, you know, he's going to have to do, like you said, do all the little things. It's not just about getting stars. It's about building a team. So we'll see. He has no office, front office experience. He needs to hire a GM, I think, that, like, is an experienced guy. Someone that knows the business. Because if he doesn't, I don't know. Yeah, it's definitely definitely a... Uh, it's a tough job. And here's here's the key thing. The thing, it's always going to it's always gonna come back to this fucking one point. Is is James Dolan going to butt in? For some inexplicable reason, this dude doesn't, doesn't butt in for the Rangers at all. But he somehow has to keep butting into the Knicks. I, I don't know why. Just leave him alone or sell the team. It's either either don't either don't butt into the Knicks and the president and the GM who are doing their job, or sell the team. It's it's that or the other because the Knicks will never be. I'll tell you right now, they will never win anything unless James Dolan stops butting in or he sells the team. It's it's that simple. I hope Leon Rose does a great job. I hope. He does something for this organization because it's it's really just sickening how pathetic this team is. To to a diehard fan like myself, it, I I don't even watch I don't watch games I don't care anymore I really don't. I hope he can do a good job. I hope the team can be competitive one day. Again, the this 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 trade was great, but we'll see. Well, 
I, I think you have to even admit yourself. Him over Steve Mills is an upgrade because anything over Steve Mills is an upgrade. Right, but Nick, here's the thing. If you knew you were going to release Steve Mills, why wouldn't you have released him two weeks ago? Instead, you released him two days before the trade deadline where they could have made a bunch of more deals to get rid of terrible players. DSJ is the one guy I can think of right off the bat. He's still no, or Bobby Portis. Why is Bobby Portis? I know he has a one-year deal, but get his ass off the roster. He sucks. He's taking up the youngsters' minutes. They, they, they. This is what I'm talking about. The Knicks do shit backwards. They're just incompetent and stupid, and it pisses me off that the fucking New York Knicks. I will keep saying this. The New York Knicks. That alone, the fact they play in Madison Square Garden, they play in the middle of Manhattan. You can't. You're not a good team. You have all the resources in the world, and you're pathetic. It's unbelievable. Yep. So my, my mini rant there. Sorry. Us <laughs> are incredibly frustrated. Um, we shall see. We shall see. Like I said, the Celtics. If you're not going to make a move, and we lose in round one or two, people are going to point back to this day and say you did nothing. And if you're the Knicks, yeah, like you said, when not getting all these guys and then losing them all for nothing, people are going to point to this again and be like, why didn't you trade them? Bobby Portis would be a little more difficult, but CFA, like you really couldn't even move him. Like his, oh, his confidence is shot, though. He doesn't. He's not the same player. But yeah, but he's you're right. Big, you're right. You got to get rid of him. You should have got rid of him. So let's talk about what did happen. Uh there was a lot of stuff, so much for the, oh, it's going to be a small deadline. Like the, I will say, now we know the trade deadline rules. If we hear it's going to be an active trade deadline, nothing Dead. is going to happen. Nothing. If we hear nothing's going to happen, it's going to be a huge deadline. And what happened when we heard nothing was going to happen? Boom, it's a huge deadline. Okay, let's start it off. Andre Gudala to Miami is what the first one I'm going to start off with. Um... When I saw the deal, listen, the fact that they didn't get Gallinari out of this is a major L for them because Gallinari is gonna, would have made way bigger impact than Iguodala, in my opinion. Um, I think Iguodala is going to help them. I don't think it's as big a move as people are making it out to be because he's out of the Warrior system. Uh, I think he's a pretty good fit there, but he hasn't played since June. And I don't know. It, it, it's definitely an interesting idea. And they didn't give up. They gave up Winslow. I, I, I don't know. I think it's a bigger one for Memphis than Miami because I, I would have said it was a huge one for Miami if they had gone Gallo. Um, but a team in the heat that has looked noticeably bad against the Celtics this season, I don't think getting Iguodala is going to help them that much against us. Maybe to slow down Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, but I don't know. I, I don't think... I think this is a pretty good move. I don't think this is a huge impact move. Yeah, you know what? Honestly, you can see the the ideology of Pat Riley. He's He thinks it's a win-now mode, and so he's going for it, which I give him mad props for that. Um, but, you know, Iggy is what? How old is Iggy now? 36? You know, what, what can Iggy really do for you? Yeah, he's 36. I, I Listen... At the end of the day, if you're Miami and you think this can help you, then you go and make the move. Um, but this is really just like a one-year kind of thing for Iggy, and he doesn't help their shooting that much. 
neither does Jay Crowder, who they picked up as well. Um, they got yeah, someone you know, else too, didn't they? Didn't they get another, someone else? I think they traded him away, but I'm not sure. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I, mean uh, I look at it, I mean, it, it'll help them defensively. Him and Jimmy Butler are going to be great together, hopefully. But it, I, I don't think it pushes the needle for them, you know, to, to get to the Eastern Conference Finals or the NBA Finals, honestly. Um, but I'm still going to give Pat Riley credit where credit is due. He's trying, and that's all you can ask for. He's going for it. Um, but from Memphis's standpoint on this trade, I do like the Justice Winslow pickup. Although he's been very underwhelming this year, he's still very young, and he, he can plug Rander with Ja and Jaron Jackson. And the Memphis Grizzlies are looking like a, a very good team in the next couple of years if everybody can stay healthy. So watch out for them. They're they're making some nice moves. I I, I did like the Justice Winslow pickup for them. I think uh, I, I think Memphis, you know, with having they're having their surprise season, you gotta give them credit. Um, and and yeah, they they, they they I like they got Gorgie Jang, I believe too. They they kind of extended this trade. Um, yeah, I I think this Memphis really won this deal because he wasn't playing for them. So for them to get anything is a big deal. The fact that they didn't have to buy him out. Uh, yeah, I think it's a big win for Memphis. I think um, I think overall, uh, I think the real winner of this trade was no doubt the Memphis Grizzlies. I think we'll see how much Iggy impacts Miami, but I feel like Memphis picking up these players and really changing their roster completely in the bench, making it a little better. They're the big winner in all this, and of course ruining the Celtics pick. Um, so uh, I think let's go to the next one, and that was the huge wild four-teamer. You know, oh, yes. Oh, yeah, man, Robert man. Covington to the Rockets. Jordan Bell apparently got moved. Oh, God, I don't even, I can't even follow it. Um, Let's just go for the big players in this. Robert Covington to the Rockets. Malik Beasley, Hernan Gomez to the uh, Wolves, and Evan Turner, who's probably going to get bought out. Uh, Hawks got Capella. Nuggets got Napier, who they traded for McCray uh, and a first. Oh, wow, this is a big. Whoops, sorry. Big, a big, yeah. Uh, this is a big one, and uh, the Rockets are gonna be have to pray that Tristan Thompson gets bought out because if they don't, they I don't understand what they're doing when they're having Dude. zero centers. They have zero, and they're playing the Lakers. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, like what are they doing? Like, I, I, Robert Covington, they needed a wing. No doubt, and Covington's rock solid, no doubt. Um, but what I'm just baffled as to what the Rockets are doing in terms of a big man. Unless Tristan Thompson gets bought out and that the report is wrong, I don't know, man. This is, this is they have no centers. They're all in on small ball, and I think they're going to get beat up inside in the playoffs. I think for the Wolves, I think they got a really good deal out of this. They got the Nets first, and they got Beasley and Hernan Gomez, who are solid. Um, the Hawks getting Capella. I mean, the Celtics are linked to him. I was never really that enthused by that idea. Um, I guess he, he's going to help with Collins down the line. I don't really know. I mean, they had to appease Trey Young a little bit. And the Nuggets pick up a first and get some bench stuff. That's really it for them. 
I don't know. I think I, I think this deal is huge, but I, I, I don't really see. I think the Rockets getting a wing is good for them, but I, I don't know what they're going to do with their bigs now because unless someone gets bought out that we don't expect, then their big situation is kind of fucked because they gave up Nene, too. I honestly, I don't really see a winner besides that. I don't really see a winner in any of these deals. <laughs> maybe Minnesota, because I, I think Malik Beasley and Hernan Gomez can help their bench unit, but if you're the Rockets, picking up Robert Covington is a nice deal, but they literally have no bigs. Like, they have no bigs. They're, they're, what was the stat I saw where they, they played a game, they played a game the other day where their tallest player was six, seven. That was the first time that a team had done that since 19, since like 1963. <laughs> I mean, I mean, if they go up, if they go and play the Nuggets, who's going to guard Jokic? They go up against Utah. Who's going to guard Rudy? You know, Rudy's going to feast on them. Even the Lakers, uh, who's going to guard Anthony Davis and, and JaVale McGee defensively as well. I mean, I, I, I don't know what they're thinking. First of all, James Harden and Russell Westbrook, I don't trust them at all in the playoffs. Uh, they're, they're regular season players, in my opinion. Come at me if you want to. I, it's, it's, the, it's the truth. Westbrook, definitely. Yeah, well, even Harden. Harden had the most turnovers in a playoff game ever. He's probably done it a couple times, actually. I mean, for the Rockets, this is obviously, I don't want to say it's a panic move, but they know their window was closing. And they're they just, the they're scrapping, they're scrapping, man, they're scrapping for it. And it feels like they give us the same money, like their new owner, there's some, there's some bad rumblings about this guy, you know? Uh, I, I mean, you can tell, you can tell, and listen, I, they're obviously the one team that shoots a lot of threes, but they don't have the personnel to shoot the three ball. James Harden and Russell Westbrook are very inconsistent three-point shooters, and they also isolate the ball extremely heavy. They're ball-dominant players. It just doesn't work to me. And Covington is going to be isolated. I mean, Covington is like a Trevor Ariza for them, but he's not. He's an okay shooter. I, I just don't see how this is a good move for the Rockets in general. For the Hawks, I mean, they're a young team. I guess Capella, you, you know, it's an okay move. It's, it doesn't really swing the pendulum for them in the right direction as... I think they're still a couple of years away from being a good team, but you know what? Capella can be that anchor in the middle for them if they think that's if they think that's okay. But I think Capella eats eats some minutes for John Collins and Hunter. Um, so I really, again, you know what? It was just kind of a, a move to to just see to see if Capella can help them at all. I don't really know if he does. I think the T was getting Beasley and Hernan Gomez is a good move for them though. I think he can be great. In the bench unit for those guys, and you, you know, Beasley, but that's the only real snag I see here. Hernan Gomez is okay. He'll probably play a little bit more now. Um, and obviously with the other trade that the team was made, we'll see how this impacts them. And for the Nuggets, you know what? They're contenders, or they at least believe they're contenders, and they weren't gonna be able to pay those guys. So, yeah, I, 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 I just think it, it's it's just a meh move all around. It's just meh. It's yes. Just, you know, yes. It really is just meh. Um, all right. So let's continue. So I have no real winners out of that deal. I think we both agree on that. There are also some small ones in there. Deadman back to Atlanta. I mean, Atlanta, uh, is, uh, you got me. I don't know what they're doing. Uh, just kind of making moves for the hell of it, it seems like. Um, 
I think the next big one is probably Alex, uh, Alec Burks and Glenn Robinson to the Warriors, uh, uh, to the 76ers from the Warriors, and the, the Warriors got three seconds. Let me make this clear. This is the one trade I forgive Danny not making because apparently the Warriors did not want to take any players back. You know, they wanted to get under the tax. Uh, and so the Celtics could, could not do that. They had no open roster spots. The Sixers could. They can just cut guys. They have minimum guys. We don't have, really have any minimums on our team. Um, so I think for the 76ers, they direly needed some bench help. Obviously, Alec Burks and Glenn Robinson are pretty good. Well, I, I don't think anything of Glenn Robinson, but but uh, Alec, <laughs> I, don't think, I think he's awful. Even though his stats don't indicate that, I think he's a terrible player. But Alec Burks is pretty decent. Um, I wanted him on the Celtics. And there's a lot of links to the Celtics. Um, I, I think I think this will help them for sure. I think I think they need a bench help, but I, this doesn't fix the bigger problem on their team, obviously, and that is the fact that their starting lineup doesn't fit. And so it, it helps a little bit, but nah, how much? You know, that's what I'm looking at right now. They need some shooting. They got a little bit of shooting, but that's about all they did. That's that's kind of like I, I just think it's a good move, not a great move. Uh, I think the 76ers are like the dream team Philadelphia Eagles. Remember back in the day when Vince Young called them the dream team? Yeah. <laughs> I do remember that. <laughs> oh my God! I, listen, all joking aside, I think the 76ers have a very big problem, and it's that this team is just they. There's no. There's no. It's the word I'm looking for here. There's no, they they don't really mesh well together. You have Ben Sim, you have Ben Simmons who can't shoot. He clogs up the lane. You have Joel Embiid who clogs up the lane, but they have him shooting threes. And you have a bunch of other guys who can't shoot on this team. It's just it doesn't work. And I think, as you can see, there was a lot of hype for Philly going in this year. Uh, right now they're the sixth seed and they're looking like a first round bounce. And if that happens, I seriously think they're going to have to either fire Brent Brown, or he should be fired at the end of the season, in my opinion, or they're going to have to trade Ben Simmons or Joel Embiid because it just doesn't it, it doesn't mesh well. Uh, by the way, sorry to cut you up, but there's a little uh, there's an update on the Morris deal. This just oh, gets yes. this just gets even better for New York. So not only did they get the first rounder in 2020, they also got the right to swap in 2021. That's good. Yes, we need picks. We suck. <laughs> and they got a 2021 second, too. We get a Detroit. That's going to be a high pick. Yes. That's wow. A that's a, a great move. That's that, a great move. That's a domination deal by the Knicks. The Knicks totally hosed the Clippers on that, even though the Clippers need to – they didn't need to add more, but it helps them. Right. Do you also, want to talk about that trade, though? Oh, oh yeah, for sure. We will in a sec. Um. But also another update on Drummond. We will get to his deal in a sec. He said, if there's one thing I learned about the NBA, there's no friends or loyalty. I've given my heart and soul to the Pistons and just to have this happen with no heads up makes me realize this is even more. This is just a business. I love you, Detroit. Yikes. Well, I mean, they – okay, he's over-exaggerating. I think everybody knew he was going to get traded. Didn't they like – I saw a month ago that they were they were planning on trading him. What do you want to be traded to the? You want to be traded to the Lakers? Like get the hell yeah. out of here, bro! Come on, you suck. I'm sorry, Andre Drummond, you're kind of trash. He is trash. He's awful. He's an awful, awful player. Uh, 
No, he's not an awful player, but I just I just hate his game. I hate everything about it. I'm so happy he's not a Celtic because I would puke. Uh, <laughs> oh my god, jeez, man, that's harsh. <laughs> uh, okay, so it's harsh, but it's true. Um, we have now, of course, we talk about the Equidal deal. Um, so you want to talk about the Do you want to talk about the D'Lo deal, D'Angelo Russell? I'm just trying. I'm looking at the tracker, just trying to see if I forgot. Yeah, let's let's do it. It's the next one. Um, D'Lo to Minnesota. I'm surprised it actually happened. You know, before the off season, I always thought he was going to get traded, but I'm pretty stunned. Um, what they got. Uh, so they got Andrew Wiggins for him, along with the 2021 protected first. That's top three. Becomes unprotected the next seat, next year, and 2021 second. They also acquire Mari Spellman and Jacob Evans. Uh well, the Warriors are going to have a lot of money in 2021. That's for sure, and they're going to have a lot of assets. Um, I don't know. You know, like it, it's it's. I'm surprised they traded him this early. I thought they tried to package him for a star next offseason along with their pick. But they did pick up another pick. I mean, a top three protected and then unprotected is damn good. That's damn good value. Uh, but in the end of the day, the Minnesota wins this deal simply because of the fact that Cat's happy now. That's his best friend or one of his best friends in the league. And now he's on his own team. We're a team that just desperately wanted to get him. And gave a lot to do it. Uh, I think pretty simply D'Lo and Cat are happy about this. I think more, Cat more than anything. I mean, they gave up a lot, and the Warriors have really cleared their books. But I think the winner of this is Minnesota Bees. There are no guarantees in terms of free agency, as we know in the NBA. Right. Uh, well, first of all, I was very surprised. That it was literally just basically a straight-up deal. It was, one, it was two picks, Andrew Wiggins for D'Angelo Russell. Um. I mean, listen, as you know, Minnesota has been irrelevant as a basketball team for decades now. And the last superstar they had was kind of in the same boat as Carl Anthony Towns right now, where he was upset that the team sucked and weren't doing anything to be good. So he asked for a trade and basically sent them back 10 years. Well, if they don't want to lose Carl Anthony Towns, they had to appease him and please him. And they got D'Angelo Russell. Um. Does he help them win immediately? I don't really know. Um, are the T-Wolves going to be a contender next year? I don't think so, but I could be proven wrong. At the end of the day, though, they got rid of Andrew Wiggins, and they had to give up one pick, which is fucking fantastic value for D'Angelo Russell, in my opinion. I think D'Angelo Russell is a very good player. He just needed some time to develop his game a little bit. Um and you know what? It's it's worth the risk for both teams, Nick. Honestly, I, I don't think I don't think there's really a loser in either way. You know what? If you're Golden State, you get a pick, and maybe Andrew Wiggins turns his career around. <laughs> I highly doubt it, but maybe. And yeah. again, they they cleared the books for 2021. You never know. Um, and if you're Minnesota, you got You have to take that risk. You have to take the risk for for D'Angelo Russell. It could turn out to be. A very good one and two pairing for Cat and D'Lo. Um, I mean, it. I, I like both. I like it for both parties, honestly. Both teams, I think, did solid here. And 
And if you're Minnesota, you didn't, you know, you didn't trade off seven or eight picks like some, like, you know, other teams had to for superstars. So not saying D'Angelo Russell's a superstar, obviously. He's a very good player. But, hey, it's worth a shot. You never know. Maybe D'Lo and Cat mesh well together and the T-Wolves are a good team next year. Listen, they have to do something because Cat was furious and he hadn't won a game in like almost four months, which is just nuts. Yeah, I don't know what the hell, man. They're trash. There's They're no, another team. Ugh. They had to do this, and I'm stunned that the Golden State caved. But at the same time, I, I, I think what they got was pretty good. Now, now that they could easily be a bad pick, like you said. You never know how this works. But... I'm a little shocked more than anything at the timing. I think we all knew D'Lo was going to be traded at some point. Yeah. I'm just pretty shocked it's now. So I think the winner of the deal is the Timberwolves. At the end of the day, the Warriors may have cleared space. And, and I, I guess we should probably talk about Wiggins going to Golden State. Um, duh. I don't know why they're doing this because they're killing their cap base in 2021, right? Although, to be fair, they, they would have had, wouldn't have had with D'Lo anyway. But, they, like... Why get Wiggins, dude? He's just not that good. And apparently Warriors really believe in him. I'm like, why? What does he do well? What does he do? Honestly. Nothing. Yeah, like, I, I don't... Mean, he's you know, an <laughs> show. <laughs> you know, somebody said, somebody said he's basically just a more athletic version of Harrison Barnes. <laughs> he really is. No, he's worse than Harrison Barnes, dude. He's worse. He honestly is. He can't shoot like Harrison. At least Harrison could shoot. Right. Uh, yeah, I don't know what the Warriors are doing. I it, here's the problem with the Warriors though is they're stuck in limbo because they have Steph, Clay, and Draymond who are aging stars, and they won they won so much with them in the last five years. It's like you can't really just destroy everything and rebuild this team because you just opened a new arena. So they're kind of just like they're just going. They're just trying to find anything that can maybe spark another championship run, and I just don't think that Andrew Wiggins is going to help him with that. Uh, yeah, I just I don't get it. I'll say this though: he's going to be the best tank commander in Warriors history. Oh my God, he's going to dominate the tank. No one is going to tank like Andrew Wiggins. That team is going to have the number one pick the next fifteen years if it, if they have him. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Uh, well, well, sorry for that moment of pause. We're trying to figure out what the next trade we want to talk about is. <laughs> all right. I guess we got to do Drummond now, right? Yeah, he's probably the next big one. What the hell? <laughs> Nick, let me take this. Let me take this first, you please. Go, go, fling Cleveland. Okay. Yeah, not even. I'm going to fling, fling Detroit, Detroit too. Now. Yeah, what the hell? What the fuck? What the fuck are the Detroit Pistons and the Cavs doing? Now, okay, maybe Detroit, I understand. They realize that there's no hope for this organization and this team. They're going full tank probably. Okay, I guess. Um, But what the fuck are the Cleveland Cavaliers doing? I mean, you have, first of all, you have Kevin Love on your books. Who, that contract will never be traded. He's never going to be traded because his contract just egregious. You have Tristan Thompson, who is just awful. His contract as well is egregious. You have two. You have two. Your two best players are probably Darius Garland and Colin Sexton. They're both kind of the same player. 
and they're also not really good shooters, so they both rely on driving. And you have Andre Drummond who clogs the paint. What the fuck are the Cleveland Cavaliers doing? I mean, I'm, what I'm, the hell? <laughs> I don't even know what I else to say. It doesn't make sense. Summer. Here's their reasoning. They don't want to pay his option next year. Well, then here's my question. Why is Derrick Rose still on the team? Why is Luke Kennard still? Maybe Luke Kennard is the young player, but Derrick Rose, why is he still on the team? Why did you re-sign Blake Griffin to a massive contract when you know he has an injury problem? I just, what are the Cavs doing? Like, I'm just, and the Pistons doing? I'm so, what? Like, I'm just so in shock. Markeith Morris. Why is Markeith Morris still on the team? Like, why? These teams are so dumb. Like, I'm just, I have no idea what's going on. And the fact, you want, the more crazy thing about it, I don't get, like, are the Cavs just going to let them go? Do they just do this for nothing? Like, all they're doing is trading John Henson and Brandon Knight. It's not like they're trading, they're trading, like, expiring contracts. Like, I don't know, man. I'm stunned. It makes no sense. The Cavs have no shot at the playoffs. I have no idea why. They, they're not going to buy out Tristan Thompson. I'm apparently, wow. <laughs> Imagine they don't buy out Tristan Thompson. This is the most horrendous roster ever. Your starting lineup could possibly be, and it probably will be, Darius Garland, Colin Sexton, Kevin Love, Tristan Thompson, <laughs> and then Andre Drummond. There's no shooting. <laughs> what is this? <laughs> oh, my God. That's such a terrible starting five. I hope they run that. Oh, my God. God, please. I've had such a terrible year with the Knicks. At least give me this one joy to, have that, to see that lineup go out one day. Yeah, oh, look, man. All right. I think all of that really needs to say about this is just a just a massive L by both teams. Yeah, it is. I mean, this, they didn't even get a first round pick. They they got two seconds. Two seconds for Andre Drummond. They didn't even get two. They got one. Oh my god. If you're That's not, bad. Get, this is why I say for players like this. If you're not gonna get a good deal, just don't do it. You know, like. And I don't get if, if you're gonna blow the team up, blow the team up. You know, Derrick Rose, bye. Um, uh, Blake Morris, bye. Yeah, Blake Griffin. Ta-ta. Blake Griffin's gonna be hard to move. I'll give them that. Yeah, you know, Blake Griffin is basically impossible with his contract. But God, I, I mean, boo these guys out of the arena. Like, Jesus Christ, just a bunch of fucking L's on this trade deadline, man. Just a bunch of L's. That's all this is. Okay. Um, next one. There aren't many left. This is actually this is the last one. Marcus Morris? Marcus Morris. No, we got a few small ones. But oh, Marcus okay. Morris to the Clippers. And the Clippers gave up a lot, uh, like we just mentioned. The Wizards also in the steal got Jerome Robinson. That was a steal on their part. Um here we go. So, like I said, the Knicks got Mo Harkless, the right. 2020 Clippers first, the Rice to swap in 2021. They probably won't, let's be honest, but it's good to have that. And this, a rights to uh, Usuf Sanan. I don't know who that is. And a Clippers 2021 first via Detroit. That is a killer, killer trade for the Knicks. Like, that is a absolute win by them i that to get all that for a rental is exceptional on their part and i don't normally say that about new york that wow they did great on the straight but they did 
They killed him. And you know what? The uh, the Clippers getting Marcus Morris, I, I know a lot of people are going to anoint them in, in, as the, the team now. And definitely on paper, it seems like it. It seems like they're going to cut Isaiah Thomas. Um, right. But here I have very big doubts about Marcus Morris and on in Clippers. I worry that he's going to be too selfish and he's going to take away shots from the guys. So. Um, well, I have three things, maybe more, that I have to say. One, the fact that the Knicks – remember, Marcus Morris was signed with the Spurs, and he said, fuck it, I'm going to take a one-year deal with the Knicks. The fact that the Knicks got that much for basically a rental, like you said, is fantastic value. Good job for the Knicks, and I'm happy that Marcus Morris is going from the worst team to the best team, in my opinion. If you're the Clippers – and I'm going to also talk about the Lakers here a little bit. Sorry, I need to gather my thoughts here. Yeah, go as ahead. I, as, as I said earlier in our podcast, I said there's two types of teams, the ones that take risks and the ones that don't. The Clippers are, are taking big risks, but they want that championship. And if you're the Lakers, first of all, you have no assets. You literally are you've, – you've thrown everything at Anthony Davis and LeBron James. And yet – you're reluctant to go make to go make a trade for a Marcus Morris. Granted, maybe he doesn't help you win a championship, but you're reluctant to give up a guy like a Kyle Kuzma who is who LeBron doesn't like. He's a really young guy and you don't really know what his value is. What what are the Lakers doing? If they really think the buyout market's gonna help him win a championship, they're crazy. And I and I saw like Paul Pierce say that LeBron James and Anthony Davis are gonna be enough for them to get to the finals. Hell no, they're not. Not with the Clippers. The Clippers have Kawhi, Paul George, Montres Harold, Lou Williams, Patrick Beverly, Landry Shamit, and now Marcus Morris. They have legitimately seven guys that they that that can drop twenty a game. What are the Lakers doing here? And yes, it's a big risk for the Clippers. They gave up a lot, but I don't care. They made this deal because they want the championship, and I think this makes the Clippers the favorite in the Western Conference. I, Honestly, I, I will go as far as saying that. And again, if you're the Lakers, what are you doing? You really think J.R. Smith and Darren Collison will help you get to the finals? Are they on drugs? <laughs> are they crazy? Do they really think do they really think going for guys like Marvin Williams in the bio market is going to help them? Marvin Williams is terrible. Exactly. What? I mean, what are the Lakers doing? I, 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 I know they – let's be real. They didn't have any assets. They had the Stephian rule, which means they can't trade their first-round pick consecutive years. Obviously, that's a difficult thing to get around, but... But Kyle Kuzma, Nick. Yeah. You know, I mean, their their future is basically depleted, and do they really think that Kyle Kuzma, they can build around him once LeBron is once LeBron is gone? I mean, come on now. Once LeBron leaves, Anthony Davis is not staying with this team. So you think Kyle Kuzma is going to be your savior? Are you fucking crazy? If you want to go win the championship, you got to go for it. I don't care if they didn't have assets. If you and here's the and here's the big the big thing about the entire thing is the other team got Marcus Morris. If it was like if it was like Denver or Toronto or somebody else named Marcus Morris, then it's fine. You don't have to you don't have to try and go for it. But your rival, the team that's probably that you're probably going to meet in the conference finals, the one that's stopping you from going to the championship, got the guy and you didn't. I yep. didn't. What are you doing? Fuck out Kuzma. Obviously, you can see LeBron doesn't like him. Just get rid of him. 
So, I, I'm stunned Kuzma's still on the team. Um, I, I just I, now they're yeah, J.R. Smith really that's not gonna do. And Darren Collison, Darren Collison's been retired for eight months. <laughs> yeah, I don't think Darren Collison. He might make a small difference, but I don't know. It, it's like you said. Um. Listen, the Celtics' big issue for not going for because honestly, the other East contenders have been the big issue for them is that they have too many picks and too many young guys. That's the issue. You know, it's not oh we need to make this one small move that'll make us the championship favorites. You know, this is different. The Lakers literally did nothing. That's that's what's crazy. They did nothing. You know, like I I don't know. It, it it's just I'm not really sure what the Lakers can do outside of Collison, you know? Like, they have a bench that struggles. They did nothing to address it. Can you see anything, Christian? I can't. Listen, okay. First of all, this is why, and this is another reason why I really fucking hate ESPN, because they suck off the Lakers so goddamn hard. It's, It's really hard. Even... Even with what just happened with Kobe, I, I hate the Lakers. I, I just hope I I wish nothing but else for them for the next fifty years because they didn't do anything. And people will say they're gonna be ready in the playoffs. No, they're not gonna be ready in the playoffs. You have to rely on Danny Green, who's inconsistent. You have to rely on Rondo, Dwight Howard, Javale McGee, Quinn Cook, J.R. Smith, and let's say they get Darren Collison. That roster is gonna beat the Clippers. There's no way. There's no way. And LeBron and Anthony Davis are going to have to play 48 minutes a game. And mind you, Anthony Davis is very injury prone. Do you really think he's going to – you don't think he's going to wear down at a later in the later in the playoffs? Yeah. Where you have Kawhi Leonard and Paul George and Patrick Beverly and Marcus Morris can all guard LeBron James. They can rotate defensive players on LeBron. Kawhi Leonard li- – Kawhi Leonard can literally stop LeBron. I, I'm not. That's not an exaggeration. He can shut him down. And when you shut down LeBron, the Lakers are a chicken without a head. It's as simple as that. And the Lakers did nothing. They don't have shooting. They're they're overrated in my opinion. Yeah, you have LeBron and Anthony Davis, but let's be real. After those two guys, are you really going to rely on Kyle Kuzma and JaVale McGee? I, I I don't know what they're doing. Yeah, I don't know. I just. Yeah, it's tough to imagine like what they could do. It's just it, they don't have any depth, and I don't know what's gonna they can do to really change that, especially with if Tristan is actually staying, which is hilarious if that's the case. So six, let's talk about the teams that didn't make a trade because we kind of already touched on the Celtics. Some of the other teams that did were Brooklyn, Charlotte, Chicago, Dallas, Indiana, Lakers, obviously Milwaukee Bucks. They didn't need to do anything. New Orleans Pelicans, Oklahoma City Thunder. That was a bit surprising. I thought they were going to do something. Uh, Phoenix Suns, San Antonio Spurs, another one. I thought they were going to do something. The Spurs did nothing. Uh, Toronto Raptors and Utah Jazz. The Jazz and the Mavericks did make a trade earlier in the season, though. Um, I'm pretty shocked San Antonio just stuck with what they had. And Oklahoma City, too. I mean, Gallinari apparently... uh, Gallinari, apparently, oh, Danny Ainge is going to be on the trade deadline special. Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> I know what he's going to say. Uh, but I think 
I'm shocked San Antonio didn't do anything. I mean, DeRozan wasn't fitting that well there, as is Alders. They've been having a mess season. Uh, OKC. Uh, Indiana didn't really need to do anything. Toronto, I don't think really Toronto needed to do anything either. Um, yeah, and I mean, and listen, the issue with the Celtics is what I keep saying. You know, it's not about what crappy player you bring in, right? Markeith Morris is not going to make a difference in the playoffs. The problem is you have all these firsts and like you're not doing anything with them, you know? Right. Um, and you know what? If, you, if you're looking at like a bunch of other teams and stuff, with like Boston didn't do anything, the Jazz didn't do anything, and some other teams didn't do anything. If you really like your roster and and you think it can win, then you gotta you gotta just stick with it. But you know you're looking at you're just looking at other teams, man. I mean the Bucks. I just feel like the Bucks are better than Boston. I just think the Bucks are the yeah. the top the the best team in the Eastern Conference. And like Utah is better without Mike Conley. So, but they're not they're not better than the Lakers or Clippers or even maybe the Nuggets. So it's it's kind of like it's kind of like you're stuck between a rock and a hard place where you can't really do anything and. What about if, Toronto? I mean, I just they're 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 playing really well though, man. I, I they really have to make a deal. You know, you, you kind of just let it rock. They, they're they're kind of the they're kind of the one team that like all their pieces they don't really have like a super superstar. I mean, I think Siakam is getting to that point, but they have great chemistry, man. And I they I. That's the thing, man. They have great chemistry. I don't think they really needed a trade. They're second in the Eastern Conference. They won 12 in a row. Yep. They I don't think you can mess up. Beer. I don't know if you saw, but they pulled a yeah, I saw it. Yes. out of their ass last night. And listen, I'm sure Danny Age will say that, too. The Celtics themselves have won. Let me see here. They've won eight of their last nine. And Tatum and Brown are playing their best basketball of the season right now. And, and, and they're still playing their injuries and all that. But, and I feel like Toronto, you're right, Toronto and Indiana, I don't feel like, Indiana already has tons of depth. I don't really feel like they need to do anything. Toronto has a lot of depth, too. Um, It feels like teams that need to make a move, though, did not. And specifically San Antonio, OKC, and to a lesser extent, the Celtics. Right. Sorry, James Dolan released a statement saying he's not selling the team and Nick's Twitter is going crazy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I saw that. I saw I didn't want to say it on air. I didn't want to disappoint you in front uh, of everybody. That's it. Okay. I mean, yeah, they're going to have to force him to sell it. He's not He's not selling that team, for God's sakes. Why? But you're right, Nick. For like, oh, you know, looking at the Spurs, for instance, man, they're, they're another team that's kind of just like stuck stuck in, in mediocrity where you have these aging stars and you can't really do anything with them. So you kind of either have to just ride out their contracts and hope for the best, or you trade them and start over. And it's like, they can't really do that either. And, you know, OKC has a lot of assets right now. Um, I, I'm very surprised they didn't trade Gallo though. Um, but, but they're, they're in the playoffs. So, why not? Why not? You know, take a run at it with Gallo, and maybe, maybe you trade him in the off season. Because again, they have what, like twelve picks from the Rockets trading Russell Westbrook. Godly amount of picks. Yeah, it's crazy. 
I, I'm looking at, like, I mean, I, the Eastern Conference really didn't get that much better, you know? Like right. Maybe Miami. Miami made the biggest move. Uh, Philly added two pretty decent bench players, and really no one else did anything. Boston, if we had somehow gotten Bertans, that would have, to me, been the biggest move of the entire conference. Uh, but we didn't. Um, what else? I'm kind of flipping through here. I mean, the Pacers didn't make a move. The Raptors didn't make a move. The Bucks didn't make a move. Miami did make a move, but eh, the Nets are irrelevant right now. Well, <laughs> yeah. I mean, because they're just injured, if I'm being really honest. Kyrie Irving is hurt again. They, they, they couldn't really make a move either. I mean, what, are you going to trade Spencer Dinwiddie? You can't do that right now, especially with Kyrie's injury problems. I will um, say, you want to know how happy I am that Dion Waiters is a Memphis Grizzly? I am ecstatic. That pick is back. That pick is fucking back. <laughs> but but he might go off, though. <laughs> what if he goes off and they make the playoffs? <laughs> I, I mean, there's a chance they make the playoffs, but... I mean, let's be honest here. Like... I mean, Dion Waiters does not help a team. Right. I mean, he's going to he's going to have he's going to eat too many edibles and then go crazy. Uh yeah, I, listen man, the Western Conference, you know, there wasn't really I, I mean, a lot of teams, a lot of bad teams made moves honestly. Like the Cavs made a move, the T-Wolves made a move. Um only the Clippers were the the Clippers were really the only other team that made like a huge move that was a contender. Utah didn't really do anything. The Nuggets traded away some key assets, but I mean, a lot of these trades, I don't want to say they were irrelevant, but they, you know, it's not going to really move the needle for a lot of teams. Like, again, the 14 trade was kind of just like a meh, like we said. Um, it's, 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 this, you know what it is, Nick? I think the reason we saw a lot of trades. This year is because free agency is really looking bad this offseason, and oh, and teams kind of teams kind of know that there isn't a difference maker in free agency this year, unless Anthony Davis says fuck the Lakers, which would be amazing. Um, but he's probably not. So they yeah. they kind of they kind of just had to like it's, it's kind of like a panic mode for a lot of these GMs who. As you can see, I don't know what half of these GMs are doing with these horrible contracts, and then end up trading them. Like, what the fuck are some of these teams doing? Um, but you know, if I had to say the biggest winner of of the of this entire trade deadline is probably the Clippers and the oh, let me not say the Knicks. I don't think I mean making one trade is not really the biggest thing. I probably the Clippers, the Heat, and I guess the T-Wolves probably be the three winners, and the losers are probably the Cavs, the Lakers. And I had to throw Boston in there, honestly, because they didn't really do anything to get better. Yeah, my big winner of the trade deadline is the Cleveland Cavaliers. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, let's see. No, mine's the Minnesota Timberwolves. No doubt about the Timberwolves dominated this trade deadline, getting D'Lo, getting Beasley. They finally get a young talent around Cat, which they direly needed considering the season they're having. Um, big moves for them. Uh, 
Let's see who else. I mean, you mentioned the Clippers. If it works out, the Clippers are going to look great. I, I would throw the Knicks partially in there as a winner just because of how well they did on that trade. Um, by the way, I'm just looking at the Celtics injury report for tomorrow. Oh you ready? Yeah. <laughs> Even longer than last time. Oh questionable. Jalen Brown, Gordon Hayward, Kemba Walker, all questionable. Probable. Marcus Smart, Brad Wanamaker, out. Daniel Tice, Robert Williams. Literally half our roster is injured. God, dude. We made zero trades. Zero. My, my God. You know what, Nick? Like I said, it goes back to it goes back to there's two types of teams. Teams that go for it and have big cojones and teams that are afraid to go for it and don't have cojones. And I feel like the Celtics, for some reason, I don't know what it is, they, they just don't want to go, go get a guy. Maybe Danny Ainge has a big plan where he thinks he can scoop somebody up in the future. I, I don't know, but his, the time is running out for the Celtics, honestly, because once Tatum's contract comes up, then we're pay ba- no, 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 don't even overthink this. He, no, no, he, no. He, no, I know they're going to pay him, right. Tax. Right, no, but I mean, once you have Tatum on the books with the Max and you have Jalen Brown on the books with the Max, it's basically you're saying those are our two guys and we're just going to have to build around those two. So you have to hope and pray to God that the roster around them can win a championship. Which is why they have to they have to make a big move or you know win a championship in that time span. The problem is that like it's like it feels like yeah this is the big issue I see when you sign a Kemba Walker that's a win now move right so you have to you can't take half measures you know and it feels like that's what they're doing they're trying to take have their cake and eat it too they're trying to win every trade they make which I hate to say you can't win every trade you make it's just how it works you have to lose some. And Kyrie Irving was a genius trade that didn't work out. But it's like you can't just be gun shy, you know? Right, exactly. That's what I'm saying. The thing is, if you are reluctant to make a trade that you think can help you win, then you're going to just be a second round in a balanced out team. Um, You have to go for it if you, if you, feel, if you feel the opportunity there and – you know, even though the Bucks are playing lights out right now, if you catch them, if you catch them, and if you catch them in a in a in a good series, you can knock them off. Like you saw what happened last year, the Raptors just caught momentum and beat them. And the Eastern Conference is is open still, in my opinion. I mean, I think I think it's a four team race. I think it's Miami. I think it's the Bucks. I think it's the Pacers, and I think it's the Celtics as the teams that can all go get to the finals. And if you're Boston, you make a trade and you get a good player. It boosts you right past Miami and definitely no, boosts you past I Toronto. I think I don't think Bert. I think that was why they went after Bertans as opposed to other guys. I don't even think that's the issue here. The issue is like I keep saying, they have so many picks and they can't use all of them. Like Danny Ainge literally said verbatim, "We have too many young guys on this roster." Okay, then clear them out. You know, like it's really that not that hard. Like, at some point, you got too many picks? All right, here's my point. If Danny Ainge uses all those picks at the draft, then the dude will get booed on draft night because then they'll never see the floor unless you make a big trade, you know? They will never see the floor. Like, Romeo Langford, we picked in the lottery. He had his first start last night, and it was because half our team was hurt, you know? Like, we picked the guy in the lottery, 
it's it just yeah it just makes you really question what direction are we going in are we trying to win or are we just kicking the can down there are we punting every season and just being like oh we'll get them next year uh, listen, I, you can't do that though Nick because eventually that season comes where you are stuck with a couple of players who aren't the guy and then you got to trade them and all the picks you use those players don't turn out to be good players and you're fucked for the next 10 years yeah you're betting and, and now you got the Gordon Hayward question it it, it. And now, now his foot is hurt again. That's just, it's great. Everything is great. And the crazy thing about all this is, it's like the team has won eight of nine. They are rolling right now. They beat the Heat. They beat the Lakers. They beat this, and right in front of me, they beat this, they basically pulverized the 76ers into oblivion. And yet all, we're, all we are right now is negative because the team didn't do a thing again and everyone on the goddamn team is hurt, you know, like. Right. Uh, it's 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 just like how a lot of teams feel, man. Again, I will keep going back to this, as I say in every podcast. It's like in the NBA, especially, no matter how many great players you have, if you if you don't have the guy, there's like an 80 percent chance you're never going to win a championship. Because it's it's really just about it's really just about the guy. If you don't have the guy or you don't have a guy, you're never going to be good. And uh, it's just you can see a lot of teams are just kind of stuck with a lot of players that aren't good and they'll never win. And you just keep hoping and praying that they 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 develop to a player where you think they can contend. And you just never do. I mean, again, the and people are going to ignore the fact that I think Jason Tatum has scored at least 25 points in the last 10 games. Like, let me make sure of that. But he scored Tatum, 20 and seven straight. I think something very impressive like that. Yeah, like he, he dude made the All Star team for a reason. He's averaging 22 a game this year. I mean, him and Brown have made this just huge leap. Last 10 games, he's averaged 26 points. The last, uh, last few games, 33, 28, 25, 20, 23, 27, 26. Like, the guy's been just phenomenal the last few games. And yet, again, all we're focusing on is the fact that our entire team is hurt and we did nothing again, again. Like, this is the fifth straight year. That's what crazy. The last time the Celtics made a move at the trade deadline – this is great. Was Isaiah Thomas, you know, like that was God five damn. years ago. That was the last time the Celtics made a trade in season. Oh, my God. Jeez, dude. Yeah, like, like five fucking years. You know what? Again, like I said, it comes down to. It comes down to the ultimately, you can't be afraid to fail. And I feel like Danny Ainge, that 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 goddamn Kyrie Irving trade is haunting him because you saw what happened where it just didn't work. And you gotta keep trying, man, because eventually Jason Tatum and and Jalen Brown are gonna be in their mid twenties and their contracts are gonna be up and. If you don't have a good team that contends, they're going to leave. 
that's how it works, man. And I'm just, I'm just so nervous that like Ainge looks at this team, and I get why he does, in a lot of ways he doesn't want to touch this team because, you know, their chemistry is so much better than last year clearly. And Ennis Canner had a funny video. I don't know if you saw it, but Ennis had a funny video uh, where like the clock hit zero, and he's like, yeah, and he like ran through the facility like I didn't get traded. <laughs> <laughs> but. It's just clockwork with this team, man. And I, who knows? Maybe it's like a few years ago, like in 2017, when everyone blasted Ainge for not making a move, and the team made the conference finals anyway. Yes, they got smacked by Cleveland, but they still made the conference finals. You know. But right. It just feels like it's almost like they're punting. That's what they're doing, man. They're freaking punting. Again. Like. I'm not even talking about players, but like, what are you gonna do with the picks? What do you, what are you gonna do? Who are you gonna trade up for? Right, I. Hello, darkness, my old friends. <laughs> oh my goodness. I don't know, man. It's like you, you, you can't say publicly. Oh, you know. We have too many young guys, and sound as if you're going to do something and basically guarantee it, and then do nothing. You know, especially when you're in this scenario. I guess that's we can leave it on that. I'm just very, very frustrated. Again. Sorry, sorry. I'm just also on Twitter too, looking at people. Um, because Shams tweeted that the Knicks have a bunch of picks, and people are like, they're not going to do shit with them, which is probably true. <laughs> <laughs> oh lord still a great uh great trade though i think for new york overall yeah no no doubt i think i think um the teams that sold some of them did really well others no clue what the hell they were doing and uh the teams that took risks like the Clippers are that put themselves in a great spot, and teams that didn't take a risk, like the Celtics and others, are gonna be wondering if they lose early or you know get bounced in the second round of the playoffs. What could have been, honestly? Maybe I mean, but I, I think the big, the funniest part of this day, the New York Knicks got way more for Marcus Morris than the Pistons did for Andre Drummond. No, that's crazy. <laughs> and the fact that the Cavs traded for him, I think that's got to be the most baffling move I've ever. That might be the most baffling move I've ever seen. I don't. I'm still in shock, and I don't get it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you're right. Jesus. Right. Let's let's end this here. All right. Thank you for listening to the BX Basketball Podcast. I'm Nick Englander here with Christian Okay. Thanks for listening.